Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is Lexi Crouch, who is in her final semester at Endeavour College studying nutrition, but she is already making waves in the industry. So I'm so excited to have her here to chat today about how she's built herself up to where she is um, and her journey to get her here. So thank you so much, Lexi, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Shana. It's my pleasure. So to start off, do you want to tell us a little bit about what got you interested in the nutrition industry in the first place? Uh, absolutely. So um, I guess it happened pretty organically for me. Um, when I was younger, I was going through my own health battles and um, went through a very conventional medicine approach. So having a uh, background of an eating disorder that was for 15 years, we really searched the medical industry high and low, thinking that that was our option. Um, and that was all that was available for treatment at the time. However, wasn't getting better from that treatment per se and stumbled upon more, I guess, um, alternative health methods and natural health um, pathways that allowed me to get better. And um, I started to feel such a difference in myself, which led me to gain a full recovery that it only felt too right to go down the track of formal study into nutrition that way. Yeah, incredible. And it's so amazing to see you helping other people who have been through what you went through. Um, and using that personal experience to really help the masses today. Uh, It's interesting. I feel like um, that's part of that life journey of um, once you know something, it's just time to give back because you really come from that place of um, having gone through something yourself and you just know that there's an option for people on the other side. And I guess that humanity element comes in where you just want to reach your hand out and help others. Yeah, incredible. You can really um, feel that you're very genuine and passionate about that. And it's really nice to see. Oh, no, thank you. So um, tell us a little bit about um, your time at Endeavour and where you currently are in your studies and what your plans are for when you finish up. Uh, Absolutely. So I've had a ball in Endeavour. I've actually, this is my eighth year of study there. That's not happened, I guess, in a structured way whatsoever. So it wasn't that I did my degree part-time. It was more with the flexibilities that were offered that um, basically a lot of life was happening happening for me through that time, which I loved about Endeavour is they do want you to have a lifestyle and they really practice and um, practice what they preach with the um, having lifestyle as well, knowing that um, perhaps the whole study pathway is not for everyone. So I've done my course um, over the last eight years and um, just really loved every moment of it. There have been times where I've had a high load of study and others that um, I had a baby during my time that I backed off a little bit and did more online there. And um, basically it's pretty much like a second home for me. So it's, you kind of go there and what I've loved about the study there is basically the culture of endeavour. Um, I guess we were having a chat prior to this before about how you just walk onto campus and you just kind of feel like you fit in. I know that I suffered severely from anxiety or just even being in social places before I came to study. And um, 
got very lost in one of the um, more mainstream uh, study approaches. So when I came to Endeavour, it was like everybody was really there on a mission. It was, um, I guess, to go down that um, line of study, a lot of people had come from also their own um, background of health issues or knowing somebody that had had something and wanting to help. So you really were going to an uplifting place and um, the lecturers were exactly the same. I think um, a lot of us, um, I don't know if you can relate, um, going to campuses, you're really passionate about studying nutrition, but you're not so sure about the whole science side, but you really love food and you really want to help people. So the degree looks really scary at first, but you get in there and everyone's just there to help each other. So lecturers will dedicate their time to making sure that you've got it. And really that personal approach, yeah. it's not like you have to say that you understand or anything. It's they will sit down and make sure that you've got it and always there to really help you get through the subject one uh, one subject at a time, if that's how it has to be. So absolutely love Endeavour from my studies there. And um, yeah, I find myself um, now just in the last semester. So it's really coming in into, um, we have a joke that we call it, um, I guess, the endeavor of endeavor, because a few of us have had that <laughs> really path. And you would know only too well, Shana, is when you go there, you really become a part of the culture. So it's kind of hard to just leave it behind when it has been such a big part of your life. But yes, coming to the end of it now. Yeah, exciting times, but also, yeah, that's almost bittersweet having to sort of say goodbye to all your friends and that beautiful community that is at Endeavour. Um, so you mentioned that you had your beautiful daughter while you were studying. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you went balancing having your daughter and studying? So you mentioned that online was really helpful for that. Um, do you want to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, I do. So um, I guess with life um, and very much to, just to give the description is um, as much as you uh, try to plan it, I felt that that's never actually worked for me. Things just pop up and open as they do. So um, it must have been, oh, my daughter is almost four now. So five years ago, um, fell pregnant and um, hadn't planned for this to happen in study time, but you just go with it. So it did not even impact anything at the slightest. And there are so many mums on campus and um, it's so beautiful. Like quite often um, you do walk around Endeavour and see a lot of um, pregnant ladies and um, I guess, um, yeah, you've got the whole, um, a lot of mums that do come in because of the flexibility as well. But for me, I um, was doing a little bit of study online and um I did manage to study up until my due date, which was really cool as well. And um, basically did a little bit um, online, but also came back on campus just doing one or two subjects because that was also helpful for me as a mum to get that structure and routine back as well. Um, while my daughter just went to daycare, that was nicely located close to Endeavour as well. And um, got back into the swings that way but it never once came as a shock um, that I would have to stop studying or that um, that there would be such an overhaul or change in my life that I couldn't continue Endeavour just supported that so nicely and I guess that's why you get so many people who do come to Endeavour for those reasons that um, you are actually able to um, have a life have a family and do a degree as well during that time so 
Yeah, absolutely. There is so much flexibility there and it's really good to see. And I know when I was studying, there were a lot of mums um, and a lot of people who also just had other engagements and things on that they did have to swap and change their load based on their life circumstances. Yeah, oh, it's so lovely to see there. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about everything that you are doing at the moment. Um, so I guess at the moment, uh, it's actually a really great time, I guess, um, a lot of us are in that isolation phase. So um, working on a lot of content, which has actually been, I know the situation at hand is not a great one, but um, using the benefit of being at home to create a lot of content and um, being a uni student, as you know, I guess you're always um, kind of running around going, oh, I need to get to my own personal blog or I need to... Um, just to update my content, but you've always got assignments in the back of your head where this is such a lovely time um, because I am on clinic placement, I'm on a complete hold to be working on that content that's due to come out upon graduation. But in a work sense, um, I'm really lucky as well that from my studies, it's led me down a career pathway that's um, really in line with my studies and um, I guess upon graduation will enhance them. So working a lot in the eating disorder space. So doing that in my community um, in Brisbane, we've got a local place here um, where um, I do a bit of mentoring personally and um, basically use my lived experience there and as well as nationally. So um, working as a speaker and an ambassador for the Butterfly Foundation, which is um, the body for eating disorders there, which um, obviously that has a lot to do with nutrition and the role there that, um, I'm looking forward to integrating upon graduation, which is very cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, and you've also done a lot of media stuff with everything you do for the eating disorder side of things. So do you want to tell us a little bit about some of those experiences and how they came about? Uh, definitely. So it's, as I was saying before, it's um, one of those things of um, when you're really passionate about something, um, doors just keep opening. And um, I feel a lot of us with our degree is we've gone to study health for a pur uh, purpose. We know that it's um, worked for us. We know that it keeps us feeling good. And with that, um, you do start to attract um, things into your life that start to work for, for you. And I guess we're having that chat before of going, wow, how does this actually happen? Who are those people? But I feel like it's really just being in line with... Um, what you really know works for you and um, you do start to attract a lot of these opportunities. So I fell into the media path um, a couple of years ago that um, I guess did voice from um, lived experience um, from my eating disorder, but also wanting to know the ins and outs of what actually worked. And that was a lot to do with um, my studies of nutrition. So um, predominantly eating disorders have been looked at upon to be that very conventional treatment, which is great, but I know um, and has its place. It helps everyone in a sense that it gets everyone well. But for me, I didn't want to just be well. I wanted to feel optimal. I wanted to have this vibrancy and I didn't quite know where to find the answer, but was led to endeavour that way. So that started to, I guess, make a little bit of a debut in um, media world as well to start to see um, the role and the importance of nutrition that we look out there. And that's just not um, restricted to eating disorders. That's restricted to lifestyle as well, that I think it's really coming out in the world that 
people are noticing or what we put into our bodies and how we live with our exercise that um, nutrition really is getting that um, horn blown that it hadn't before. It seems so simple that, you know, we've always spoken about food and diet, but it's kind of coming out now and it's been pretty, um, yeah, really cool to be involved in some of that media work um, just to get that attention, which essentially um, can start to help people with, um, I guess, healthier lifestyles and people, I guess, starting to feel good, which is what a lot of people do want from life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great hearing you speak about it because the passion really comes through. (laughs) (laughs) Once you've got that voice, you're definitely on a roll. (laughs) Um, So tell us a couple of your media experiences and did they reach out to you via email or did you find as you did one, others started to approach you or how did that sort of unfold there? Absolutely. I feel like this um, all stemmed from the power of social media. So I know it gets a rap sometimes of not a great place. But uh, for me, I've always made sure that if I've had social media, it's um, to be a positive place. So I kind of jumped on there and um, I think it must have been about five years ago, I started an Instagram account where I was into my recovery and just started um, to just, I guess we didn't know how it worked then, but tried to be my authentic or not tried or tried to put across uh, as much as you can on the internet about being your authentic self and blogging that way and um, kind of got picked up online that way by a few happenings where people reached out and, you know, want to see what you're doing there. And um, it was kind of just, I guess, documenting about daily life or nutrition or what made you feel good. And um, eventually the right people kind of fell pass and parcel there and, um, just wanting to hear more about um, nutrition and lifestyle, which really worked for me. So it is that power of social media that if you are passionate and you're keeping that blog, that people do actually want to listen um, to what you say. I guess a lot of us who are in this field, it's a new space of nutrition and health that we haven't really taken notice before. Essentially, um, a lot of people are thought leaders and um, there are a lot of people that do want to hear stories and um, I guess... Um, public relations are kind of looking for that and um, will come across um, profiles online if you're keeping your blog up to date and want to see if you're doing something different and um, how you can best, um, I guess, address the media in that way, which is going to reach other people to keep people feeling good as well. Yeah, amazing. And it's very brave of you to have shared your journey and shared your story too, because it would have been quite a hard thing to go through. But I think other people who are in the same situation, they could really relate to that. And it's really beautiful that you were vulnerable with everybody and showing them how you were recovering um, and really helping them through your own experiences. Oh, thanks, Shanna. I think um, the what really happened for me during that time was um, eating disorders were very taboo in a time that I had one. So we're talking back into late 90s, early 2000s and I just remember I'm very much an empathic feeling person. So if I always think back to a time, I have this memory and I just remember feeling so alone and just so weird, I guess, thinking that I was ineffective and I was the only person that was going through this. And as I started to get better and um, noticing um, the world of eating disorders um, coming out, I just kind of made it that vow that, if I could talk, if I could say something about my experience, I didn't want anybody else 
to feel weird, like getting a bit emotional here, um, to feel weird, to be that person that goes through life thinking that they weren't ineffective. So I just wanted to talk and just normalise that um, that was a thought that many people were having during that time. And if I had to open my mouth to share my experiences, I guess, you know, going through eating disorders, you learn a lot and, um, you know, you don't really have any shame at the end of it because you've seen yourself in some really, I guess, um, difficult positions that it's only too easy to say, hey, I've been there too, that essentially cannot lift somebody to, um, I guess, keep going on their own journey. Yeah, yeah, wow. No, that's really incredible of you though. And especially because it was still more of a new area and hadn't been spoken about, as you said, it was taboo, it would have been made it even harder to sort of put yourself out there in that way. So it's really something to be commended about. And yeah, I'm sure you have helped so many other people through being vulnerable and yeah, being out there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you went about getting the Butterfly Foundation ambassadorship. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, that um, that was quite interesting as well. And now I'm thinking back as to how it all happened. Again, it was just one of those um, one door led to another. And I feel that that's anyone that's on their um, study and career path as well that once you start something, it's there are doors literally everywhere when you start walking your path. I will openly admit I felt stuck and stagnant. I felt like I was going around in circles for years. Um, you know, I'd wake up and just everything would go wrong in one day and you just wanted to crawl into a hole and just go, look, like I really struggle with life. This isn't for me. But once you truly get onto your path, I believe that there's just so many doors that open and that was much with... um the Butterfly Foundation as well. And there is just something that I guess when you really are living in your pur uh, purpose that um, things attract that way. So I was doing um, some, I guess, uh, my roots pretty much come from Brisbane and um, Eating Disorders Queensland there where I started a lot of mentoring in that regards. And um, we developed a lot of speaking opportunities. So Queensland has been fantastic for um, a lot of education around eating disorders because, as we said, we just didn't know what they were and the way that we're treating them are very differently. And um, there's a lot of money that's been invested into the treatment of eating disorders now with um, the new Medicare rebate. So I used to um, start off as a very timid 25-year-old girl, 26-year-old girl, just doing some speaking for professionals, sharing my story there. And eventually that led to people wanting to find out um, of how best to work with eating disorders. And um, I like to use this pun a lot. It was the proof was in the pudding. So essentially, <laughs> like, got that food spin. But it was, um, I guess, I'd been presented to a lot of professionals who'd seen me really unwell. And um, I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't actually expected to make it on a few occasions. So it was just really, I guess, surreal in their experience to see someone speak in that regards that it kind of led me down the path to the Butterfly Foundation as well, which um, is very much my passion of um, speaking at the outpatient programs there. And um, they run a youth program as well, which is fantastic from, um, I guess, ages, um, young high school up to young adult there where um, a lot of my journey was in that time as well talking to them and um, basically just sharing the message there it all started to unfold and that's how I got to be there. Yeah incredible 
Um, and so tell us a little bit when it comes to eating disorders, there's a lot to do with the mindset and like the psychology and mind behind the condition. So how do you find combining that with the nutrition aspect of it? Um, and yeah, what's your experience been with the, fusing the two together or do you focus more on the nutrition? Ah, uh, no. So it's, um, really really um interesting how that all works because i felt if someone had just said eat this food it's going to make you better there were many reasons as to why you didn't and um what worked for me was um i guess um that's very much how it was avoided in that sense but what worked for me was um when i was 25 and i really committed to recovery um i guess it wasn't committed i feel like Recovery is one of those things that uh, you feel like you start and you're getting nowhere. But um, I got felt that I guess my wording would would have been um, I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired that at age 25 I was willing to try everything. After we'd pretty much exhausted um, every option, I think um, I'd had up to 25 hospital admissions. Um, that wasn't just exclusive to Queensland. We would travel interstate and were looking for international treatment. But what really started to work for me was um, I developed a daily practice of yoga. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting because in that time um, I struggled very much with um, exercise addiction as well. So that went past and parcel with the um, not eating. But if anyone had said to me, um, go do some yoga, it will help you, I would have thought that they were absolutely ridiculous, that I was wasting my time, that... I did not want to be sitting down, breathing. Um, I had really bad anxiety from the eating disorder, that, but it was an absolute waste of time. So I remember um, being in the peak there of just knowing that I had to make a change. Just It wasn't working for me anymore. I went to my first yoga class, walked in, sat down. Within five minutes, I was out the door and I absolutely hated it and vowed that I would never go back. Wow. <laughs> and that's quite funny because everybody kind of said, you know, it relaxes you and I had no idea what they were on about. But what that did was that essentially um, just installed that first little tool into my head. So that little seed that um, maybe that was something to go revisit a little bit later. And I think it was about a year's later time that um, I did start to get into yoga and found out that um, you shouldn't judge anything or anyone by the cover. There are actually many different styles of yoga and perhaps that first style that I tried wasn't for me. So I found a particular one that worked for me and um, all of a sudden it just started matching the same intensity um, that the eating disorder had into my yoga practice. And then that's how the nutrition started to unfold of um, wanting to start to fuel my body because I was starting to feel good through the yoga and then the nutrition started to nourish me and um, it was just a whole different passion but essentially gave me what the eating disorder originally started to give me. So I fell into the grips of the eating disorder because I wanted to avoid situations and that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of the eating disorder was my bubble. And um, all of a sudden that bubble was not working 15 years later, but yoga was. So I kind of stepped into that and everything just came together, Shana, like it started to integrate. And I'm not saying it was like I went to yoga a few times and everything was wonderful. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, if only but, it was um, that easy. <laughs> yeah, only. 
I remember many horrible days on that mat and it wasn't, as I say openly, I did um, struggle with exercise addiction. It wasn't replacing anything that means at all. There were some days that it was just showing up to your yoga mat and just being on there. And that's a huge philosophy for life and um, everything I do now is just show up. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter how you feel. And even if you show up and there's with people there, you can openly say something like, look, I'm not feeling great, but I'm here. And essentially you have shown up. So that's what yoga really, I guess, developed for me was that sense of dedication and um, basically all came together that way. And doors started to open through that. And with the proper nutrition, started to be able to absorb food and um, been on this remarkable journey since. Incredible. Isn't it funny how sometimes the things we resist the most are actually the things that are best for us? <laughs> oh, I find that most of the time still to this day. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, so now when you are running your workshops and teaching others, do you incorporate a little bit of all these aspects? So do you talk about the nutrition, the mindset and the exercise parts of it? Or how do you approach the education and teaching side? Oh, absolutely. So I am an open book and um, I will talk about anything that works. And I'm also very open to not one thing is going to work for one person, but here are a bunch of tools. Let's try them out, which can even be scary to step out of your regular routine and to try something new um, can be absolutely terrifying. But knowing that um, there are other options and there are other pathways. So basically I will present with what's worked for me and given a deeper sense of um, altering because people do have different lives as well. Like it can be all well and great to say, look, let's get up at 5 a.m. every day and do this, but that might not be practical for everyone. But how can we integrate these ways of feeling good that's essentially going to work into a lifestyle that keeps you going and keeps you functioning at your best there. So everything's added in that way because I feel like it's many different aspects that start to make up the whole. And I'm somebody too that um, I'll never be that one person that just does one thing in life. I'm always doing many little snippets of things because at the end of the day, they completely add up to me as a person instead of that one defined mould. Yeah. And that really speaks to what holistic health is. It's not just about one thing. It's about all of our life and all of the different aspects coming together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So when we're not in isolation, how often would these workshops be running and what does it sort of look like from a work schedule there? Um, basically it's, um, when I'm required, um, in a hideout work since I'll work there, but now, um, as uh, graduation ticks very, I guess, um, (laughs) I guess the government has the timing on when we'll be back, but hopefully by the end of the year, um, I hope to get them up and running, um, frequently. So around once a month and, um, not tailored to just eating disorders, tailored to just lifestyle in general, because at the end of the day, Um, it's not one illness or something that's defined everyone. It's humanity. We've all gone through something and, um, it's the ins and outs, whether it's labeled as, um, depression, whether it's labeled as an eating disorder, there's all ways that we can work through lifestyle, which, um, both of us know from experience, it does keep us feeling good and it does keep us reaching towards our dreams and goals and going onwards. So hope to get them up and running, um, as soon as graduation ticks and holding them regularly. 
Yeah, incredible. That'll be great. And such a benefit to everyone in Queensland that is able to go along too. So let's talk a little bit about more about what your plans are for when you do graduate. What would you, what do you see yourself doing? So obviously running regular workshops. Do you have any other ideas or what else are you dreaming up? Um, I, <laughs> this is again, so exciting. I am lucky in this sense and I do, I will thank my lucky stars every day for where I am that doors do continue to open. And I say that after somebody that used to be very skeptical. So even when I felt uh, spent my first two to three years with these doors opening, I was like, when are they going to shut? When <laughs> it's like a three-year fluke or what? what's going on? And um, it wasn't. They just continued to open. And I just had to accept that this is life. And I believe that for anyone of once you get on your path and once you find your passion, you don't have to go out there and mentally drill yourself. It does start to unfold and things will always pop up. So graduation with that, um, I feel like it's all going to nicely come in together and um, I would like to go into private practice. Yeah. So essentially treat that way um, maybe just a couple of days a week and um, work a lot more on my content. I'm really enjoying isolation for the time to be blogging and really doing all the things that you said that you were always going to do. Yeah. You know, when you've got your list, you like, really want to write that blog, whereas I feel like I'm now going to actually make that life I have learned a lot from this time that if anything's sitting at home I'm like this is me in my essence so that's going to be a big part as well and delivering a lot more regular content um, in the field of nutrition and I guess health and lifestyle that way and um, keep doing a bit in media as well I um, like to keep that presence up a lot just to give out and um, give that information there as well but really looking forward as to to see what unfolds as well with graduation so yeah. exciting we're leaving the endeavor nest <laughs> it's a little bit scary too but looking forward to all that's coming yeah it's very exciting and i look forward to seeing that all unfold and to what's in store for you as well oh thank you shana and your incredible work too i've loved um researching too prior to this and seeing what you've been creating it's absolutely amazing oh thank you i really appreciate that um, so speaking of creating content, what is your preferred method of delivering content? You mentioned blog posts in there and we've also talked a little bit about Instagram. Do you want to talk about the different types and how you approach these and how you found success in these areas? Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually a great conversation to have because I've always been a little bit of scared, uh, scared of tech, Shana, and I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of content creators in that regard they do have this fear behind tech and everybody goes, why you're, you're always on there creating stuff. And you're like, yep, but that's that, you know, that method of um, face your fears daily. That would yeah. be technology for me. So <laughs> I have a big list up now that we've got that time that goes, um, now's the time to be working on your YouTube, to learn how to film yourself properly and delivering that way. So um, I did start my YouTube channel. Ooh probably halfway through last last year and with um, just the happenings that probably got on hold a little bit, but going to make a comeback, I guess, Yay. with YouTube in that regards and um, speaking on there, um, delivering a few more videos, but I am a writer at heart. So I do love my blogging. It was um, when I was in the peak of anorexia, I used to keep a journal a lot. So I'd love to just write thoughts down and that comes as pretty much second nature and um I think there's always going to be something beautiful of finding, I don't know, something of writing that 
I guess if I've got something on my vision board or my dream, it would be um, to write the book one day. So let's hope that the content does all come together that way and um, maybe a book will be released. I don't know yet, but here's the, once you say it out loud, too, I feel like it really puts you on the path as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now that'll be incredible and I'm sure your book would help so many people. So I look forward to seeing that published one day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, so in terms of filming the YouTube videos, do you find your media experience has helped a bit with being comfortable in front of camera or how have you gone about increasing or improving your skills when it comes to speaking on YouTube and in media as well? Absolutely. And Shana, this is so important that we're having for this chat for anyone that does want to go down that line of, um, I guess I've done a couple of TV appearances now and, um, speaking at a few conferences and um, large, uh, large crowds. And basically um, there are many times in media work that I've just got a camera put in front of my face and been told, go. <laughs> and don't have that moment to think about it. You've just got to go. And what I um, say is it is the practice. You will be terrified for your first year of everything you um, and you will um, because it's all amazing people that if you want to do something, it will happen for you. Um, you will get great invitations to come speak at events and conferences, which I have, but low key for your first year, you will be sitting in your car nervous as anything to get out there and it's the practice. Yeah. And eventually one day you get there and you start to recognize that, we are all humans and it just takes away your flaws. So um, I think people respect that if you do let, uh, lose your trail of thought or um, you do need a moment to think is even if you just say it out loud, but people do see you as a person in those situation and uh, situations and it's a practice and all of a sudden you'll get to a point like me as you just cannot stop uh, talking. I know um, when I was sick in um, my years, I had would barely speak a word. I'd get my mum or a carer to translate for me. And it's um, if speaking is your pathway and your passion, it's that practice and attending and it just naturally comes. But I will 100% admit everyone in that line of work has definitely had their first one to two years of feeling like, oh, am I even worthy to be speaking in front of people? Or um, do people want to listen to what I have to say? And of course, like it's that power of humanity where everyone has an amazing story. Um, everyone comes from a different background and we can all learn from each other. So it's get out there and say yes. It's as much as you want to say no and you'll overthink it. You'll never regret walking away from something where you face the fear and it just yep. gets better every time. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of the time people do think that they shouldn't be feeling nervous or that other people don't feel nervous in those circumstances. But the reality is if you're not used to that, you are going to feel nervous and that's okay and that's completely normal. And yes, our first few times talking in front of people or videoing and all those things, they might not be the greatest, but you're never going to get good at something if you don't put yourself out there and you don't try and practice, as you said. So I think Yeah, I 100% really agree. Yeah. And it's just it too, it reminds me too of all those times when we were studying as well and we um, had those group presentations and group orals yeah. where we're all sitting in class because a lot of us are very empathic who study at um, study at Endeavour because we're all kind of on that healing path where we're all sitting there going, please don't make me go next, please don't yeah. make me go next. And 
next thing you're up there and you're speaking for the first time in front of a class and um, you start to, I guess, even get practice there. But exactly what you said. Um, and I think that that goes with um, filming for YouTube as well. I used to worry about, oh, I can't do the technology properly or, you know, this video isn't going to look good. It's about your message and your passion that you're delivering with. And if anything, I think people really appreciate um, just natural and organic these days. It's, um, you know, you see on Instagram and they're beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, so many accounts and hats off to um, all those beautiful accounts too. But there is nothing wrong if you want to sit down on the couch and have a, um, have a chat in your pajamas because you're going to find your target with people that go, I get that, that person. I really understand where she's coming from and yeah. everyone will just react to you meant to. So it's just get out there. Don't worry if it's perfect. This is coming from a recovery perfectionist as well. Film something, put it up, and essentially you're going to help one person at least. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it so relatable and real too and people really love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So we've spoken a little bit about your vision of what's to come. Um, let's talk about your, what you attribute your success to to date. Uh, so this is um, a few things. I've developed that attitude, I guess, of gratitude after I yeah, mentioned that that was not me in the slightest as a younger version of Lexi. But what I would contribute it to is just... Um, it is, I guess, that turning up and having dedication um, so many times that, you know, it could have been easier just to stay home or not go to the thing, but it was turning up and feel, feeling weird anyway. And the amount of times I would go to something that I didn't think I was ready for or putting my hand up for something that I didn't think I was ready for was pretty much every time it's um now I think that I just don't, don't overthink as much so I probably do feel like that but next thing your hands up there and you haven't thought about the situation but it's I do put it down to just um just showing up mm -hmm. and um, hoping for the best anyway because what I've learned is um everybody is always you know overthinking not one person really goes and goes this is, I feel 100% confident in this situation. It's um, a lot of people have just had to go in there and just sit with that discomfort until it comes. So it's that consistency and um, just saying, saying if you'll do something that you'll do it. And that also works if you say it out loud as well. Um, yeah. Generally, it keeps yourself accountable and you just go for it. But that's what I put it down to is that. And also the wonderful people I've had in my life as well. So... I feel absolutely blessed to have had an amazing mom who's just been that support person and as well as, um, I guess, a person who I'm lucky to call my teacher who actually was a lecturer and did his studies and endeavour as well through acupuncture, which was a huge fundamental tool in my recovery as well. And they've just been my massive support people over the years that... You know, I think when I was a lot younger, I was the first to go, oh, you know, I'm not worthy to do this. And, you know, you just didn't believe in yourself. And it was just having that support team behind it absolutely contributes. And I feel that that's token for everyone is there are great people in this world and it um, you all have your people in some sense that um, it's developed those close bonds with the ones that are always going to have your back. And essentially, you'll probably have those. And it's that uplifting that you get there together. Yeah, 
That is so powerful. Um, and earlier we were speaking a little bit about how Endeavour is a really great place to network and connect with other students. Do you want to talk a little bit about the benefits of having yeah, that support network too and the power of networking in this industry? Uh, absolutely. And it's um, I think it's so great too because, um, you know, everybody is so... There isn't another word other than passionate. It really is. Everyone is so passionate and they come to study. It's um, not one of those places in Endeavour that you kind of go, oh, I, I half want to be here because I think acupuncture is cool. Like it's, you want to be there because, you know, you love acupuncture and you love Chinese medicine or you love food and you love nutrition. So you've got your peers around you who are so passionate and it's about helping each other out. And that has been huge for the Endeavour experience for me is just um, the students and peers that go there. And we do all help each other out. I think we were talking before where, because it is a journey, you know, you have those semesters and it's just for some reason, it's not your semester. You have personal life issues going on or work seems to be a little bit more hectic and you don't know how you're going to get through your study but it might be one of your peers' semesters where life's a little bit lighter for them. And it's just everyone runs and helps each other out. Like it's just literally um, <laughs> I've had so many hugs and moods like days of despair that, um, you know, you know that you're in the company of some truly amazing professionals in the making. So it's yeah. just, you know, important to keep those really close bonds. And I'm sure, Shani, you're the same. I'm sure you've got some amazing friends just from being there. And it just takes that text and, um, you know, it's going out into the world and it's essentially that we're there for a passion. We're here to help people. We're here to make a difference. And why can't we do that together? So it's that networking and I guess keeping each other accountable of going, hey, I've come across this new research. What do you think? And seeing what you can create. Like I'm so looking forward in the future to doing some events, um, co-collaborating because everybody thinks differently. And it's, you know, you bring together with your peers of what one person might be thinking, that's not the way you think. And that's so wonderful because they've just added this element into something that you guys can bring together. So it is so powerful, that connection. And it's walking onto campus. As we said, you were in Melbourne and I was in Brisbane and I couldn't imagine them being any different. It's just so uplifting, the whole culture there at Endeavour for students and staff alike. Yeah, absolutely. And I love everything you just said. And I'm a huge believer also of that collaborative aspect of this rather than viewing other practitioners as our competition, because we are all here to help people. So if we can do that together, we're going to have a better reach and we're going to be able to impact more people in a better way. Oh, absolutely, Shana. It's just the different um, fields too, where you find even in a degree when you're in clinic, it's you kind of get a taste for what your specialty might be. So you've got gut health, you've got hormones, you've got, um, I guess, uh, skin issues and everything that, you know, you can work together and um, people find their niche as well. So, you know, yeah. you want to keep that referral database because at the end of the day, it's we're here to help people. If somebody comes to you for skin treatment, that might not be your field, but you can refer on to somebody that is going to give that person that level of care that they really need. Yeah, absolutely. So important. Um, so what would you say is one mindset shift that you think is important for a successful career in the nutrition field? Oh, this is, um, yeah, this is a great question. I guess um, 
because it is all part and parcel as we know holistic health it's mm. not just going straight in there with the intellect it takes that whole mind body soul approach so mm. i guess um we do have that level of awareness too with our study and what i'd say for that mindset is um, with anything in life is you're going to have your days you know you might get out there to private practice and um I guess I know even with clinic days as well, and it's just not your day and you kind of feel like you're not getting somewhere, but it's knowing that um, it is building towards something in that. So it is keeping yourself true in line with what it is that you're passionate about and just delving into that further because essentially it will attract that. So if you keep doing what you truly believe you're passionate it'll all come together and you're definitely going to have your days. I feel like, you know, you talk to somebody about nature that we are generally like quite positive and uplifting, but we have our days. There are days where it just doesn't feel right. And it's just getting back on track when you do of um, doing all the things that make you feel good. My hot hack that I do in everything is life is, um, I don't even think this is selfish. I just feel that this is the way that it functions um, is serving yourself first. So I will always start my day with my daily practice of yoga. And basically it's, I've got um, that yogic philosophy that I've learned from my yoga uh, practices, practice and all is coming. So basically in the sense is if you start to feel good, stuff starts to come as well. So that's what I would put it down into that mind shift set is look after you and the rest follows as well. Yeah, so important. And that actually leads me nicely into the next question I wanted to ask. Um, When it comes to looking after yourself, obviously nutrition is such a, um, we're giving, we're healers, we're very much in the business of helping others, but how important is it to you to look after yourself and what do you do for that? So you've already mentioned the yoga. Um, Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about why this is so important? Yeah, absolutely. So Shana, mornings are just my thing. Like I am a massive morning person and that's not in the sense that I'm running around and annoying people. It's just, I'm doing the things that keep me feeling well. And um, I've been pretty dedicated to that. Um, Not pretty like I have been since my recovery because essentially my recovery was through um, this routine that I've created for myself. So that starts with um, early morning yoga, then I'll go for my run and that's essentially these days it's quite lovely I live along the river so that's taking in that nature coming back um, making my breakfast and just having that moment before the world starts mind you these days you probably get an extra two to three hours which is so lovely (laughs) I can stay in that routine for so long now but it's just making sure that you get yourself right in the morning and I know there's probably a lot of you out there going that sounds great, but I've got kids and things. Um, how is this actually possible? Um, and it's true, even with my little girl, it just works. So um, we've been strong in kind of a pattern and it's the weeks, um, being a single mum, it's interesting. It might not look like that 5am sunrise looking out the window yoga that some weeks I do get and some weeks that's great. But when I've got my little girl, it's sometimes that's PJ masks and that's cheese on your yoga mat and that's just, you know, you don't know what's going to happen or what time we wake. And then, you know, it's, we might get to daycare before we go for a run, but it's still keeping the things that make you feel good. And it's not about that whole strict structure of, I need to do this to feel good. It's the things that make you feel good because you've got to look at yourself and go, am I running because that's what I do in a routine or am I doing this because this actually makes me feel good. So that really is my non-negotiable is my morning routine. 
And then my night times have really become my lovely sort of time. So it's got that nice morning routine where you essentially work hard and you're building yourself up, um, do your work or go to uni during the day. And then by about 5 p.m., it's really winding down and switching off and being such a homebody. It's that lovely time to just cook dinner at home, keep the lights on low and then reset again, that nice meditation and basically go to bed and do it all again that might sound like a boring life to many but I've learned that there is so much magic in this routine that really keeps me feeling good it's um I've never really been drawn to um I guess the party life essentially for some people that might be great it might work for them but I really find that magic in that routine and essentially feeling good during the day so that's what I with yeah Yeah, that's beautiful routine and I think it's so important because when we help ourselves we're better able to show up as the best version of ourselves and better able to show up to serve others too so yeah I love that you really prioritize that and I absolutely love that you get your daughter involved when it is the week that you do have her too and I think that's really setting a beautiful example for her as well yeah it it totally um is such a lovely experience and i think it's so great because um she's at an age now she's a little bit cheeky too and she'll watch me on my yoga mat and kind of do the (sighs) and i've always thought to myself i'm like yoga i never like to cast anything on anybody you know you can kind of do what you do to make you feel good and if people start to ask questions you can offer advice but i never like to cast anything and i've always wondered with her with the yoga if is she ever going to like ask questions and want to get involved or is she going to go the other spectrum and be like, my mom's really strange. She does this yoga stuff. So <laughs> I wouldn't ever say that she was a baby yoga, but time will tell where she ends up with that. But. Yeah. And I think you touched on a really important point there as well. And that's leading by example, not by forcing or preaching onto others what you think they should be doing, but just, yeah, walking your walk, talking your talk and other people will catch on. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that that's just um, how it is because it's, you know, there's so much advice out there, but I think there's always that kind of leading example that the right people will always be drawn to you in that regards if you keep doing what you do um, to feel good and that essentially attracts your tribe. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Completely agree with that. Um, so I have a book question now. If you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? Uh, absolutely. So one of my favourites would have to be The Perfect Day Plan by Jos Toya. So he essentially was my teacher and um, did his studies and um, was also a lecturer at Endeavour and Acupuncture. Yep. And um, he was my teacher in the sense that he put me onto this path of, um, I guess, feeling really good where we are so open. Like I probably went in day one and I went, why am I even here? This sounds ridiculous. But Again, he was that leading by example and um, started me go, uh, started looking at me going, wow, he's kind of written these books. He seems to feel really good. And it was exactly what we were just talking about there, that leading by example. But he wrote um, the book, The Perfect Day Plan, where he talks about the use, uh, how it's very a Chinese medicine approach, which was um, very fundamental in um, my eating disorder recovery as well. We took a acupuncture and Chinese medicine road as well as... Um, clinical nutrition that he talked about um, the hours of the day where your organs work the best and um, times to utilize tasks. And for me, that has really worked to just keep everything in flow. So 
I um, am a little bit more of that free sort of flowing kind of person, although I've started, um, you know, do study nutrition and like the research side as well, but I like that whole yin and yang. So just the different times of day where the yang rises and going into the yin. And um, for me, it's been about balance. So I highly recommend that one if you um, like working with the cycles during the day and sleep and um, Chinese medicine health in that way. That sounds so interesting. And I'm really fascinated by that whole side of Chinese medicine as well. So I, I know I'll be picking that one up and having a read. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so before we wrap up, do you have any parting words of advice or wisdom for the listeners when it comes to going after their career of their dreams um, and sharing their story in such an authentic way like you have? And yeah, just any parting words of advice or wisdom? I do, Shana. It is. Just absolutely go for it. And I know you probably hear that a lot, but I mean just there's never a time that you're going to feel ready. And I think I've even said that with pregnancy, with everything that I've done in life, there is never one moment that you're going to go, okay. And you wouldn't notice that too. You wouldn't have sat down and been like, today is a great time to start a podcast. It just kind of, I want to do the podcast. When do I do this? And look where you are now. It just goes. But yeah. that's with career in life. That's just um, put your hand up and keep showing up and mm-hmm. just go for it's you're always going to feel inexperienced but um i've started many emails to people where i've not even been in a position to approach them and i've just titled it going i've always just felt that if you want to uh be somewhere in life that you've got to reach out and the um and give things a shot and the amount of times um i've had some i guess high profile people come back of going wow i really like that attitude that you've just gone for it is phenomenal so i think people like that go get an attitude and you know what the amount of times that i have been scared i um yeah did uh, struggle with that anxiety but you just go out there and about nine out of ten times everybody is feeling weird as well so it's just go for it um you know, there is no time that is going to feel right for you and just keep going on. There are going to be times that, you know, you feel like you're not on track or doing the right thing. But if you just commit to, you know, doing what it is that you do, the doors will start to open. And as I said, there are so many. And what wows me on this journey is I have no idea what comes up. It just keeps flowing. And I I have no doubt that that's going to be the same for you once you get on path. But it is just getting out there, even if it's with an Instagram or something, it's just start posting and getting out there and just being organic. For me, it's, um, I've used it as an engaging platform. So I kind of just don't have it to mess around. Like I will engage with the people that I'm following. I will follow them back and kind of get into their lives and seeing what they're doing. And it's just that support because, you know, it's everyone's here to help. So it's just be in it and um, help each other out as well on the way because you're going to get to a lot more higher places when you reach out and you've got everyone else on path as well. Yeah, I absolutely love that advice. It's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So last but definitely not least, where can the listeners follow along with your journey and where can they find you? Uh, So at the moment, thanks to isolation, Um, content is coming out so I'm going through some website updates at the moment so I've got um, lexicrouch.com there but predominantly Instagram I um, actually have been on a bit of a social media break during isolation I just 
kind of wanted that time for self-retreat. So I think I've logged on one or two times in the last three weeks to post some things um, on a big break there. But, you know, you come back with renewed energy and that's the same for anything in life. I feel like if you step away for a little bit, you can come back and deliver things that you need to. But also yeah. Instagram, um, there. Um, again, Lexi Crouch is where I am, that going for a few life ramblings of nutrition, yoga, mum life and just, day-to-day occurrences I feel like it's never boring life out there and um the things that you get yourself into that it's also funny to post that on Instagram as well to keep it real yeah definitely I love that and I'll make sure I link to all of those places in the episode show notes and in any of the social posts I share too so everyone can follow along oh thanks Shana my pleasure thank you so much Lexi this has been such an incredible chat and I'm sure the listeners have learned so much from you and from your journey today Oh, no, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I just love all the work you're doing as well, too. And I always have that kindred spirits of like, when somebody said you've been to Endeavour, it's just that connection that you've got for life. And you just know that they're just such a wonderful person that's going to help so many people. So congratulations on all the work you do. And thanks for making such an amazing podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.